it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. The Red Bulls 2019 MLS campaign ended in a way that all so many other seasons have concluded. We recap the latest That's So Metro chapter of the Red Bulls history and what's next for the MLS franchise that's still searching for their first league title. Hello, Red Bull fans. Welcome to an all-too-familiar season-ending edition of the Full of Bulls podcast. Mike Corbin and Alfredo Famasas here to provide a eulogy on the 2019 season for the Red Bulls. Of course, follow us on the podcast on Twitter at FOBS Podcast. You can listen on Anchor FM, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts. I think maybe uh, during, during the offseason here, one, one of the things, where, you know, since we're not uh, watching and playing anymore, I'm going to start looking into like the Google Podcasts, see how we, maybe we can put put the put stuff up on there. But nonetheless, you have four options there. If you're listening to us right now, you found one of them. Thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, bear with us as we bear through another uh, edition of the Red Bulls. Alfredo, here we are again. Maybe not the expectations that previous Red Bull teams have had, uh, but they still managed to provide uh, a that-so-metro ending to the season. Well, I I don't know if you – yeah. Look, yes, when you look at the game, and and I know we'll get into the game, but when you're up – when you're up a couple times, you're up three – three go up right when you're up three uh two nothing they're up two nothing then three to one going into yeah, half when, when you're up three one and you end up losing a game yeah i guess you could say that's so metro but going into this game and seeing what we have seen from this team all year uh the really this this season the way the season ended i think it's a lot of people expected the way to end the way it ended just because of what they've done all season uh, but yeah, I mean, up three one, uh, and relinquishing that lead, that lead, and then uh, losing the game. Yeah, I guess you could say that's so metro. Yeah, all all throughout the game. You know, I I thought you know when they did score, made it three one. When Barlow scored, and you had the, the the mistakes from Andre Blake in the first half. I thought, well, you know what, maybe it's just you know Philly. Maybe they have a little bit of the nerves. Maybe it's just not their day. Not that I thought, oh, you know what, the Red Bulls are going to do something like the Washington Nationals have done where they went on this, you know, they entered the game, you know, to the playoffs as a wild card. They were losing in the eighth inning of the wild card game and they got a break and they turned it around. And now they've been on this big run in the in the postseason. Now, as we're recording here on a Thursday, the 24th of October, they're up two games to none in the World Series over the, the favored Houston Astros. Not that I was expecting something like that from the Red Bulls, but you thought, oh, you know what? Maybe they could pull this game out. Um, then, you know, the second half, they gave up the one goal and made it 3-2. Then, then right away I thought, you know what? They're going to lose this game. I don't know how, but they're going to find a way to lose it. Either, you know, they could give up two more goals and lose in regulation. They're going to lose in extra time or they're going to lose in penalties. They, It just it just had that feeling yeah. and, and you knew it. And eventually they got the equalizer. Then in extra time, uh, you know, it, it was a typical goal to to end the Red Bull season, too. It was uh, Marco Fabian. I call it the, the shast. You're not sure if he was putting it, trying to do a shot attempt or he was trying to pass it. It deflected off of Shikovsky and traveled just out of reach of Robles and landed in the back of the net. You know, and 
it was typical. It was, and it was the, the first lead for the for the Philadelphia Union in extra time, and that was it. That was yeah, once that happened, you go. You knew it was coming. You knew the knife was coming, and that was it. And you, that's that's how it's going to end, and that's sort of a fitting end to the Red Bull season. Yeah, look, uh, there's a couple of factors also that played into this game, right? Uh, didn't help that Josh Sims um, went out early, would yes. look to be a concussion. Yeah. Uh, then you got Kaka also going on early, and and these are guys that oh, Kaku. Kaku, sorry. Yeah, Kaka. I had Kaka. Yeah, I had it right all season, and just at the end of the mm-hmm. last episode, I had to uh, mess it up. Yeah. But it didn't help that those guys went out because, as the Rebels are in in a, a winning position and are in control of the game in terms of the scoreboard, Philadelphia would now be forced to come up, and with Josh uh, Sims' uh, speed and Kaku's playmaking and vision ability. There, there could have been a possibility that the Red Bulls could have kept the Philadelphia defense in check and could have even found some some room behind Philadelphia uh, to hit him on a counter. Without Sims, who has down the stretch has perhaps been um, the the more or the the more dangerous or the player with more potential uh, to make a difference in this Red Bulls team uh, and Kaku. Uh, with also the good last third of the season that he's had, uh, without those two guys on the field, certainly the, the 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 odds were stacked against the Red Bulls. But understanding that this was a defensive line, um, that at, at least three quarters of it has been was perhaps one of the best defenses uh, in the league last year. There should have been no reason why the Rebels couldn't have held uh, Philadelphia and put the game on ice, especially with the two goal advantage. Yeah, and they just you know capitulated uh, as they had you know the, the the defense as you said it was great last year. It's been somewhat of a liability this year. At times, it looks like it was getting back, you know, to the way they were. Then they'd have lapses, so you didn't really have much confidence in them really being able to hold the lead. So, I mean, the season does end, you know, during the regular season, fourteen wins, fourteen losses, and six draws. And with the loss now in the first round of the playoffs, they finish with more losses than wins for their MLS campaign here in 2019. And this is just a year after they uh, they earned the supporter shield and set a points record, which was broken this year. It's just, you know, it's a quick fall from grace. It, it really is. I mean, it, not that they were really in high graces in MLS because, you know, they fell on their faces in the playoffs last year. But, you know, they, they've gone from being one of the, at least the top teams in the Eastern Conference, teams that – you know, it, it's you know they they do have their history of of, of uh, doing the Charlie Brown kicking the foot, you know, trying to kick the football and Lucy yanks it away. But at least like the last few years, they thought, well, this could be this actually could be the year where they erase it all. They were among the league leaders. There was never really any of that expectations for the team this year, and even maybe some of the expectations people had, they finished below those. And you you really have to start wondering. Uh, you know, this the future of this club. They, now they've had, they just had the uh, exit interviews yesterday, and it's just a lot of the same crap that you've been hearing all throughout the year and all throughout the the several past seasons when they've had failures about how you know they had a good season. You know, some things just didn't go their way. 
they they like what they're building there. You know that you know thing that Chris Armas always says. You know, like we didn't win the championship this year. You know, but it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You know, we keep on hearing this shit every year, and you're starting to see more and more fans now just tune them out. They're like, all right, you know what? When you do, come back to me then. But you see, you saw it with attendance figures where it's really dropping off. Now they're tarping up seats. We we, we kept on talking about the tarps all year. It's just you really just the state of this this team, and I think they sort of have an idea that it's really turning sour among the fans. And Armis was and um, not uh, yeah Hamlet, you know Dennis Hamlet was saying in the presser that. You know, he was asked about, you know, you know, funds to spend and bringing in players. And he insisted that they do have money to spend, but they're looking for these right players. Alfred, if they have money to spend, <laughs> j- just say, here's the thing. If they have money to spend, why haven't, why has this team, you know, in the New York market with, with Red Bull, you know, with the money that they spent on the European clubs, why has this team been consistently at the bottom or near the bottom in payroll in MLS? Now, if also you're saying, you know, if either you're covering for your bosses or if they do have an allowance to go out and spend money, then that's saying something about the job you're doing, Dennis Hamlet, then saying, where are these guys that you're bringing in? You keep on saying this money. Why are you being so picky with these guys and you're being so you know, snobby and you know, a certain culture you're building? You don't have any goddamn trophies, really, to be snobby and you know, certain guys that you want to, to bring in. And you're talking about Kaku that you brought in. That's also a guy, as soon as he's got here, he's been looking for a way to get out of MLS. And then your other guy, uh, Aaron Long, you say he's almost like a designated player. He's looking to you know possibly get a job over in Europe. So then what do you have? Yeah, look, I, I think that uh, when, when you – when you think like that, where we want to make sure we bring the right player, those are the words from um, a team manager that looks at his team and feels that this team is good the way it is. It just needs a few tweaks. So because it's not a, a deafening or an obvious hole in the roster, which we also there was plenty of obvious roles in the roster, a team manager is looking at his team and thinking, well, I really don't need to bring anyone because I feel the team is fine the way it is. Uh, so by being so picky and finding the right player, that only tells me that Dennis Hamlet was looking at this team and finding that this team was fine. Obviously, with the way they finished last year, uh, they said that we wanted to to give a run out to these guys again this year. But midseason, you have to be looking and said, well, this is not going as well as we thought it was going to be. And the fact that we gave these guys another run, it's not working out. So I have to do something with this roster. I either have to do something with this roster or I have to do something with this coaching. Because apparently when you return 10 players out of the 11, and I understand that Bradley Wright Phillips is a huge miss. And that was mentioned also Mm -hmm. by Armas in the exit. You got to be thinking about well, this is not working as well as I thought, so I'm going to need to surround Kaku with some players. I'm going to need to get a player that's going to be a guy that hits the ground running and can be my starting forward that could produce. You got to start looking at those things. Uh, and it's just, yeah. it's just they just sit back. They just sit back uh, and they let things roll. 
uh, they grabbed Josh Sims, and and I understand that Josh Sims was the only time that he was going to be available because he went through the preseason in Southampton, and Southampton then decided, well, you, you're not going to be part of the roster, and the, the Red Bulls uh, grabbed them and nicely grabbed, uh, I, I might say. But there's, there's, there's very obvious shortcomings by Dennis, Dennis Amlet in terms of team management and in terms of giving the best tools to Armas in order to arm, for Armas to, to succeed. If he felt that Armas had enough tools to succeed, uh, and when I talk about succeed, I'm not talking about making the playoffs. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't think that could be a term of success making not a the participation playoffs. trophy right it's not a the sixth right. seed in the east yes and so if you feel that he has all the tools now you got to be looking at your coach okay i've mm-hmm. given you all the tools so why aren't you doing better now if you feel that he doesn't have the tools then it's on you to get the tools and, and look i know that there was a lot of things said on uh on the exit interview uh the fact that these guys are are, are choosing some kind of statistical a silver lining. Yeah. Uh, we won uh, possession we, we, in the final yeah. third. We, we, we this, this possession in the final third. This possession in the middle third. Uh, most successful passes into the final third. Does that win you games? That obviously doesn't win you games. Uh, so why are you bringing up that stat? And the fact that you said seven other teams didn't make the playoffs, but we did, so we can't consider this a, a failure of a season. That is. That is ridiculous. That is a ridiculous excuse. Uh, yes, I mean, you're choosing to look at the silver lining when all year you have failed the fan base. You have failed to meet the expectations of the fan base after last year. You have failed to give continuation to what you did last year and improve these Red Bulls. Uh, there's a lot going on right here, and 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 this is the first time that I heard Dennis Hamlet, yeah, we could spend money. I also didn't know that that the Red Bulls only had one person in scouting. So perhaps that, that, uh, that explains why they don't find players that are going to be suitable for this team with one, only one person and scouting um first of all i don't i don't believe yes they might be on the payroll of the rebels but when you're part of a global organization and when you're part of a network of teams spread out towards europe through south america and here in the united states there's no reason why you shouldn't be sharing folders and information of players that could be of interest to you Mm -hmm. so uh, look, I don't know if that went on or not, but the fact that the Red Bulls are now picking up two extra scouts, that tells me a lot about where their shortcomings were in terms of scouting and finding players that could fit this team. And if that's what your intent is, to find a guy that's going to match the culture, then you're going to need a lot more than three three scouts to be scouting the whole Europe and, and South America to make sure that you find the guy that fits. So I'm I'm excited about the the, the new season. Um, I also there was there was things that were said on a on the exit interview that they were asked about certain guys. What's what's the situation? What are your plans? And, and they said, well, you know, we're we're going to talk now this off season. We're going to sit down. I, that that is complete bullshit because. Mm-hmm. If you're not already planning two, exactly. three months, five months ahead into the season, if you're not already planning up on what players you're looking to keep and to go present themselves in the preseason, then you don't know what the hell you're doing. And you should step down and you should be fired. Yeah, you should already have a plan with how you're going to attack this offseason. And you should have a plan for next summer 
what about possible players your players in, playing for big clubs in Europe or just playing in the European leagues that may become available next summer that you could pick up you know in in the following transfer when you you're not just looking at all right now the season's over all right wh- what do we need now they should have been you know Obviously, you're not going to say, "Hey, we're going to try for this guy, this guy, this guy," and all of a sudden, you know, some other people, are, "Whoa, are you going to take our guy?" Okay, sure. Or, or you know? this guy is gone. This yeah. guy is gone, and this guy is gone. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, it, back to like the whole like Josh Sims thing, where that that was a good find, but that was sort of last minute, you know, last minute at, at you know the, the the deadline day to bring to bring in players either with trades or signing players or you know transfers from Europe or from other you know South America, you know. They they brought him in at the last second, but then you still have to wait for his visa to clear to be able to play here in the United States since he's coming from the UK, and then you still have to get him acclimated with the team. So, yeah, w- what we saw of Josh Sims is just like, okay, you know that's something that they needed earlier in the year where you could maybe made more of your season, you could have maybe had more momentum going into the postseason, and uh, and here's another thing where it's not as if we don't know if that's permanent or not. I know they were talking about it because there was no uh, option to, to, to buy his his uh, contract. So technically, he's the season's done. He's able to go back to, to Southampton. I know. I think he might have mentioned something about it, like he wouldn't mind staying for a while. But we, we don't know. So is he just over for a few weeks? If that's the case, what the hell was the point of that? What was the point of having him here? What was really the point of Southampton even loaning him to the Red Bulls? If this is not something that's going to bleed into next year and have this guy develop more over here with with the club, you know, what what's the point? I can see maybe if you bring in a guy earlier in the season on a loan, you know, and have him playing all throughout the summer, and as soon as the season's done, they they go back over to their European club. I, I get having a, you know, a loan where the guy you have the guy for longer in the season, but to have him for a couple of weeks and then you know just for you know thirty minutes of a uh, of a, of a playoff game. It's almost like what's the point? It's almost like a tease. Like, oh, you know what? He's looking pretty good. All right, there he goes. Bye. No, I mean, look, I I get the timing of it all, and and I know that the Red Bulls couldn't have picked him up earlier. I I think that depending what Southampton is doing um, at the winter transfer, uh, they may or may not sign him. That all depends. I mean, right now they're they're just above the relegation uh, zone and the EPL. Mm-hmm. So if by winter time their manager or their front office is not happy and they want to add Josh Sims to see if it if something changes, the Rebels are going to be left sucking on their thumbs. If Southampton is happy with the roster that they have and they don't feel that Josh Sims is going to uh, add anything to the to the current roster, there's an there's a chance that Josh Sims will stay with the Rebels until at least. I would say July, uh, and then uh, take but, it from there. Yeah, I mean, there also be another thing. Oh, you stay with the team till July, so he gets off to a good start with the Rebels, and all of a sudden, you know, Southampton. All right, we're we're pulling them back. That's yeah. where it's just all. It's yeah, all well, it, it all depends. Rest, it all know? depends on the deal that the Rebels uh, sign. Um, I, I would like to to see Josh Sims stay with the Rebels, obviously, but uh, you know, I don't yeah. know if that's going to be possible. Uh, but hopefully the other two scouts uh, will do a better job yeah. and, and get some some good. Well, I don't, I don't know. Team. It depends where the scouting because I, you know, but there's two scouts now. You have a full time scout for Bergen County. You have a full time scout for Hudson County. 
Well, you got and then one for that's got to cover Orange County and then drive up to Westchester and you know on weekends head out to my neck of the woods out here on Long Island. So you know th- those three scouts are busy. So the, don't expect to find any diamonds in the rough over in in the UK or in Spain or you know Portugal and stuff like that. We might yeah. have to rely on you and our buddy uh, Cristiano Oliveira to. To, to get the Portuguese uh, scouting departments in. Yeah, I got a I got a friend of mine that uh, that works for uh, for Montreal, um, in uh, in the scouting department, and he he trust me, he travels all over the place. He's in mm-hmm. Portugal, uh, he's in Europe, uh, he's in Africa. Uh, those guys travel. Those guys travel, and I think that the uh, the rebels need to to pay a little bit more attention to their to their scouting department uh, i think they have their uh their academy and their development department down but now they need to uh bring in those guys that are kaku level uh, yeah. i mean they they went the whole uh season with a open dp spot yeah and <laughs> who does the, that <laughs> well here's the thing an open d dp spot and your other two designated players, all right, Kaku was, was good when he was healthy and when he was committed, but we don't know about his future. Bradley Wright Phillips, who's played in, you know, he came to this league on, on a trial, played himself into a designated player, but he this this year just was not a good season for him with the injury and just not able to really get back into the lineup. So that was two year designated players. There's a good chance that you you saw the way uh, BWP and Luis Robles were embracing at the at the end of the match, same way that uh, Robles was embracing Conor Aid, which we came to find out that Conor Aid announced his retirement uh, after the match. Uh, I guess some of the players sort of knew it was coming, and you know he announced it. Uh, by, but you know, so you know, Conor Aid. Just a side note, Conor Aid. Uh, you know, best of uh, luck to him and his, his future with his wife and his daughter. He was a guy where he gave his all for this club. And, you know, he maybe had a rough last few seasons, you know, after yeah. the knee injury. But he came he came back and, you know, every now and then he, he'd give you a really good performance. He, he always gave you 100%. 100%. Some nights it might have been good. Some nights he might have been overmatched. But, you know, you knew, uh, you know, you know he was laying it out there. And, you know, it's a shame someone like him, you know, there was some success they had at the club with the supporter shields and, you know, but they never won an MLS title, you know, with, with him, that would have been nice, but either way, I'm sure they'll keep him involved with the club. So uh, Connor, you know, best of luck to you going forward and, uh, you know, really, really nice guy. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Look, it's, it was a guy that because of his uh, stature. Yeah. That's a local, sure. local guy too, uh, yeah, was, and, and also a guy that was uh, small. So he had to mm-hmm. going up against a lot of guys that are much bigger than him. He always had to bring that a hundred percent, like you said, and it became very physical for him because that's the type of game that he uh, that he had to play. Uh, yeah. And he mentioned in his presser that uh, you know he wanted to enjoy the rest of his life. He was he wanted to be able to. Uh, run with his daughter to yeah. be able to pick up his daughter. So I get that, man. I get. I think that uh, Connor Laid was a, is a guy, and he, he himself mentioned it that he got to live his dream playing for the hometown team. Yeah. Uh, but not only that, he's a guy that started and finished his career with the same team, and you don't see a lot of that in the MLS these days, or even mm-hmm. with any other 
club throughout the world. So eight seasons for Connor Lade, uh, certainly some better than others because of some injury uh, issues. But uh, it was a guy that you could always count on uh, as a teammate and uh, as a, as a human being. Uh, so yeah, like a, have a, a great rest of life, uh, Connor Lade, and and, yeah. and thank you for everything that you've done for the Red Bulls. Oh yeah, just a class act. Yeah, you know, well, the, I I know they already said one thing. That, you know, the Red Bulls do do right. They they have some always good ceremonies for players and stuff like that. They had the one for BWP where they retired his number while he's still playing. Uh, so they they, they announced they're gonna have Jinx a him. Yeah, they're gonna have a ceremony uh, retirement. Not gonna retire Connor Lade's number, but they're gonna have a, you know a ceremony for him. You know, after a game this you know for 2020. Uh, but B- brother A. Phillips, though, he had said that he's not done. Uh, I don't know. He may not be done. He may want to still play, but I don't know if he's coming back to the Red Bulls. Uh, just the way things ended, and you you saw where you know Brian White and Tom Barlow. You know, they, they did a, a fairly good job. They probably still need more help in that department, uh, but that that's a place where they need to get younger. Obviously, they gotten younger with White and, and Barlow, but they need to get a little bit younger and a little bit more, uh, you know, they, they need like a, a younger version of BWP there yeah. instead of the, the current one. So I don't know. If, I'll, I'll be curious I, to see what happens. I mean, he's not going to come back. Is they, they cannot use a designated player slot on him. Just from what we saw with uh, BWP this year, even when he came back, uh, I know he had that one moment against um, Atlanta in that 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 uh, that big three three game earlier in the year. You know, down in Atlanta on the turf, you know that he came in. I think he scored the game tying goal, or he he was he was a factor in it. But other than that, it. it it was just a rough season for him. So it sure was, and it's. it's I, I think we. I, I could be wrong, but I think we've probably seen the last of Brother Phillips with with the New York Red Bulls. Man, I, I certainly uh, hope not, but I, I'm I'm def- I'm sad for Bradley Red Phillips and for the season that he's had. But yeah. here's the thing: if you bring back Bradley Wright Phillips, you better be sure that you bring back a supporting cast because there's no way you could put the future and the success of this team on Bradley Wright Phillips's back because yeah. he's already that mm-hmm. old and we saw the season that he's the, the season that he's had. So if you're gonna bring Bradley Wright Phillips, you gotta bring guys that are, are going to be able to produce and are going to be able to lighten up the load on Bradley Wright Phillips. That's that's the only way you bring up Bra- uh, Bradley Wright Phillips. If you bring Bradley Wright Phillips back next year under the same circumstances that you had this year with with no support uh then you, you're going to be uh you're going to be in for uh, for another uh poor season uh by Bradley Red Phillips. Yeah, it's just going to be more juggling between Tom Barlow and Brian White and then you know I guess Omir Fernandez you know bring him in, back into the mix too. Uh, I know one guy who sort of sounded like he was gone was uh, Michael Murillo, too. He didn't even yeah. make the the game day squad for the no, playoff he's gone. game. And, you know, he re- the, the team really soured on him. I mean, yeah. they, you, know, with, he, you know, it would have been Kyle Duncan playing in that playoff game with, with Buckmaster as the backup. But they instead, you know, they started Buckmaster in the playoff game, and he was nowhere to be seen. So he's yeah. he's another one where – I think they'd be all too happy to to unload him and see whatever they can get from him. I don't even maybe I don't even know if his contract expires. Yeah, or that, not, I don't, I don't know if there's a year left, but I mean, yeah, 
that was a question by Frank Panizo um, yeah. to Chris Armas in regards to uh, why Michael Murillo has, has fallen out of favor. Um, and, and look, obviously, we know. Uh, yeah. We don't need to be in a training pitch and we don't need to be watching film on, on Murillo to, to see that he's inconsistent at, at best. And when you're trying to make a run and when you're trying to be consistent, you need guys that are going to be consistent. And that's something that Murillo is not. Yeah, he has the physical skills, but the the, the, the skills between the years at times we've seen we've seen it turn off. And when it turns off, it, it gets ugly out there. And usually um, it winds up costing the Red Bulls. Uh, just also, Kaku, Aaron Long, we already mentioned them, where two guys who are looking to get out. So then you just – what I really wanted to, to get to is, you know, we sort of wrap up here and then we'll just um, – Go over a few more, you know, things. For me, it's almost like, uh, like a me- if there's a message I could deliver, I don't know if it's got to go to Dennis Hamlet and and his buddy Chris Armas, if it's got to go to the global parent company over in Europe, but it's it's shit or get off the pot time with, with this club. You know the history. You know the history of the Metro Stars. You know the history of the Red Bulls since you get they purchased the team. I just want to know like. Outside of using them as a farm club, and if any good players come along, they just snatch them up, like Tyler Adams, or coaching, like uh, Jesse Marshall. I think you don't have to worry about that. And with uh, guys like uh, Chris Armis, I don't think he's gonna be snatched up anytime soon. But with like the the attendance figure sinking each year, the fans are really sort of becoming more and more detached from this club. Yeah, I also yeah. want to say this, like. You also wonder, like with MLS, if they're really wondering what's the real point of having two teams in the New York market. You know, they were never really too happy with the Red Bulls. That's why Don Garber was more than happy to see NYCFC come along, mainly because the the, the paychecks that NYCFC gave them, you know, gave to the league to buy their way into the league, that they allowed them to enter in the league without any specific plans for a soccer-only stadium that they made all the other clubs have to have set in stone before they enter the league. And there's no plan to have a stadium anytime soon with NYC, especially within the five boroughs of New York City, which they're intent on. You know, I just really wonder where if, you know, opportunity came about. I know they like expansion and getting the money from expansion fees and all that stuff. But, you know, they, they're, I think they also have their limits of like over expansion. Would they not mind? You know, just having a team that's had sort of a eh, existence in the New York market, you know, they, they barely register here right now, uh, you know, on on the, the, the New York sports scene. Would they really even have a problem where, say, if a city like Charlotte or Raleigh or Detroit, San Antonio, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, wherever, you know, you know, if they came along and say, hey, we got a soccer stadium here. We got, you know, people who are going to sell out the stadium. But they might not mind just having a team relocate, rebrand. They could sell Red Bull Arena to NYC. They could suck it up and play over there. But I'm sure that, you know, the investment that New York City FC put into their club, they'll they'll bring I, I know they lost the other night, but I know they'll they'll invest to bring in players. And there's already rumors that they're possibly bringing over uh Olivier Giroux and some other, you know, people. They brought in A Bear this year. This is supposed to be a rebuilding year for them. And they yeah, finished yeah. with the number one seed. And got knocked off by Toronto at City Field. Uh, it was a good troll job by uh, Toronto, where they where they put the 
the Mets Apple popping up, yeah, you know, on their Twitter feed. That, that was sort of funny. But I, I just really wonder just what's the end game for the Red Bulls. Yeah. I don't know. Look, I think that uh, at some point during the offseason, you have to be looking at what, uh, what, what do you call it, the Red member pass or the season tickets yeah. uh, are like. Uh, and I think that uh, if you see that there's no real movement on those season tickets uh, as they expect, you got to announce a big name because only that would would make fans go out. Uh, because I very much doubt that the number of of red memberships that they sold this year uh, is going to be um, – more for the coming year i doubt that more guys are going to sign up for for red red memberships uh for this coming year than you had in in the in this in this season that just passed uh and you when we're talking about red members we're talking about people not filling the seats we're talking about tarping Mm -hmm. the seats do you want to have another season where you're tarping your seats, where you're tap, tarping additional seats because you can't get uh, guys to uh, – we can't get a crowd to to come in and watch your games because um, there's no marquee names, the quality is poor. Uh, you There has to be – at some point, there has to be a decision made on the roster that helps sell seats. It ha- it has to, it has to because the Red Bulls can't be happy and can't be comfortable with just being a team that's that doesn't bring the fans to to the seat to to the field. And and I know it's been a problem throughout their history, throughout the history of Red Bull Arena. But there's been seasons where yeah. Red Bull Arena has been well attended. The the first the first few years when they had Terry Henry, when they had Tim Cahill, they had a good team. They you know. And, you know, it may, yeah, the weeknight games maybe weren't so greatly attended. But on the weekends, they were getting about 20,000. Yeah. Well, you just saw a couple empty seats, you know, so, some some empty sections in, in, in the upper bowl, depending for certain games. But then usually for like Philadelphia games, for uh, D.C. games or New England, the place was packed. Yeah. You know, when they have fireworks night in the summer, you know, on a Saturday night. The stadium was packed and it remained packed afterwards for the for the post game fireworks. Now you're talking about you, you you see seats that are tarped up and still see empty seats when they're playing teams like New York City, when they're playing teams like DC, some of these other you know big name teams. And you you just wonder it doesn't have to be this way. They've shown whether you can draw players. Yeah, you can draw guys, you know, uh, fans. To come to to Harrison to put up with the, with the path station to put up with the traffic. If you're putting a good product out there, and you know players that make you want to come out to the stadium every weekend, you could get people. You get look at New York City. You, they get people to go to freaking Yankee Stadium, and it, the the way it's set up, they were you know go to City Field. It's a hundred percent, Mike. And, and here's another thing where uh, I'll just throw this in there where there was a possibility, say, they don't have to worry about it now this year, but there was a possibility where they talk about if New York City were going to host MLS Cup this year, if LAFC had gotten knocked off along the way and they were going to host uh, the MLS Cup, 
where Yankee Stadium is unavailable because they're playing Ivy League football there that weekend. City Field would have been unavailable because they're having some uh, golf tournament, some like disc golf tournament going on at City Field, right? So people talk about like, oh, well, New York City's just going to have to suck it up and go play at Red Bull Arena. I'm going, well, wait a minute. Why would the Red Bulls allow that? Why would they allow New York City FC after all these mutant fans of theirs come? And how many times they've come there and started fights and ripped seats out? I guess, you know, they're doing what like Radar used to do on uh, the, the show MASH. We yeah. used to mail little pieces of the Jeep back home. Uh, you know, from time to time, he'd take pieces of a Jeep. He'd mail it from Korea back home to the United States. So he'd put the Jeep together when he got back home and when the, mm-hmm. when the war was over. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's what the fans are doing when they come and rip out the seats. But why would they allow that? I mean, some people go, oh, well, money talks. I'm going, that'd be bullshit. I'm going, you're going to let your big rival host a championship game and have them win possibly MLS Cup on in your stadium before you do. If that was the case, I would I would have checked out. You would have had to find someone else to do this from now on. I'd have been, you know what? I'm done. You guys, you guys have fun. You know, have a nice life. I'll 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 see you uh see you in another world from here because I I would have been done with this team. You know, as much as you try to be objective, you know, we're we're still fans of the team here. I am, you know, so but I would have been done. If that was the case, so that was just me getting on off, you know, getting on my soapbox there. But I just yeah. really wonder if, really, about the just the long term viability of this team and what you know, what's what's the point? You know, I, I, uh, they don't want to put the money in that they, you know, for the European teams because they play in the Champions League. I get that, but you know, the City Football Group they don't put the money into New York City FC as they do with, say, Manchester City. But still, they put in enough. What you know, for at least for MLS terms, they they do more than enough to put a good product down out on 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 the field that's really capable of winning. And you don't see that commitment from the Red Bull Global Group over in Europe. No, and as a, as a fan, uh, it's extremely frustrating to to see that there's no commitment. And we've mentioned this several times here on a podcast that there's no commitment from the rebel organization to make this team better. Uh, and, and, and here's the thing where they, you know, because they want to expand their brand as Red Bull and stuff like that, you know, throw that advertising out there in, in ways. It has a negative connotation with around MLS, you know, with, with the rebranding of the Metro stars to the Red Bulls. And even among the, the supporters where there was many fans of the Metro stars that stopped supporting the club because they sold out to Red Bull. And there's even some of the fans who have remained, that you know begrudgingly accept the name but there's probably if you told the fans tomorrow that they're rebranding back to like new york metro or something like that i don't think you'd see many complaints i don't think many people really complain if they if if the name uh, red bulls went away tomorrow that yeah, that I, might actually boost season tickets without without them I, first really making a big you know big uh big move I think people could care less about, you know, whether it's called 7-Up or Red Bull or Fanta. Yeah. What people want is, is a team that they could be proud of, that they could get behind. Uh, so regardless of what a name, regardless of whether they're the, the, the New Jersey thirds or, or dumpster, dumpster garbage. Yeah, the dumpster the, stench. Uh, People just want to. People want to come out. They want to support a good team. People want to be proud of their team. People want to be excited about their team. They want to wake up and and be happy that their team uh. is is winning. They don't want to be the butt of jokes. They don't want to be ridiculed by the fans across the river. That that's that. 
soccer fans are simple. All they want is a winning team and a team that they could get behind. And it doesn't seem that the organization cares too much about that. Uh, and we've seen this year and we've seen in years past that the lack of, of investment on this team uh, that's really shown where the mindset of this front office is. Yeah. So as wrap we it up. It, yep. As we head into the offseason, uh, that, that that elusive MLS Cup will have to wait at least one more season for their for their 25th season. Maybe a uh, 25's a charm. <laughs> Alfredo, uh, it's been fun at times. Other times, it's uh, it's almost been like uh, pulling teeth. But it was good talking with you all this year. And uh, hopefully, I'm knocking on wood. Hopefully. We see some movement here in the offseason, and uh, our, our moods are, are lifted a little bit come February. Look, it, look, it's it's always fun to do the podcast. Um, it might not always be uh, the mood or the tone might not always be the, the fun mood and tone that we want, but coming here and talking Red Bulls is, is always uh, fun. And if we didn't enjoy it and if we didn't have the passion to discuss uh, the rebels, we wouldn't be doing this. Uh, also, wanted to thank the the fans. There aren't a lot of fans that that listen to the show, but the ones that do, uh, we want to we want definitely want to thank you for your support and and yeah. for your listenership uh, every week. And, and certainly, uh, you know, I hope uh, that you guys enjoy listening as much as we enjoy uh, recording this. Yep, as I said, we'll look to make some other changes in the off season too. And uh, we'll be we'll be back ready to go for 2020. So for Alfredo Fumasas, I'm Mike Corbett. Thank you for listening, not only for this week's but all seasons uh, editions of the Full of Balls podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening.